Hello. What's up? Welcome. It is Wednesday evening on a wild day in the NFL. I'm Guy, a.k.a. live from site, breaking news reporting, Walter Cronkite, <laughs> along with John Middlecoff. And uh, we're live on YouTube. If you're watching this, hit that like button. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you for your support there. Share this with a friend. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. There's only one choice. This would be a good idea slash drink tonight for the Lance family as maybe they have a cocktail talking about their tenure as a 49er quarterback slash teammate slash the end of, of their run inside the 49ers and Sam Darnold's family for winning a backup job and Brock Purdy for really nothing changed and he's just the starting quarterback. But Tito's, it's good for any event. Happy or sad, I prefer happy. But go make yourself a cocktail right now. Number one vodka in America. The best vodka in America. It's just, honestly, one of my favorite drinks. Tito's is very versatile, just like Sam Darnold and Trey Lance's agent. Same agency. CAA. Just like Brandon Allen and Brock Purdy's agent. Same guy. Niners have four quarterbacks, two agents. Although the CAA guys are each like four agents per player. But my point is that... Somewhere in the same room, you could be having a sad drink and a happy drink at the same time. And Tito's will, not that we're, you know, there's nobody advertises sad drinks. It's all happy drinks. Like a John Daly, like a Tito's and Ginger, like a, a, a espresso martini, like a, a Tito's water and lemon, or many other options. Tito's handmade vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. All right, let's go. Should I, should I take a victory lap, Bryce Harper style, as he just hit a three-run bomb to tie it in the bottom of the ninth against the Giants? Or take a victory lap. Like prof- there's, there's no reason to. This, is, this well, has never been a hobby. This is a way of life. This is what I've dedicated my entire professional life to. When, when a lot of fellow graduates at Cal Poly went on to lucrative careers in the tech world as the, as the world hit a recession, and then boomed, and they went to San Francisco making hundreds of thousands of dollars in their mid-20s. I'm just beating the bushes, guy. Recruiting Robbie Rouse to fucking getting screamed at by Howie. All I knew was football. It's the number one thing I've been around post-college is just the sport of football, which college and pro, the business of football. And I, 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 I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, there was no agenda ever I didn't even care about Sam Darnold a year ago. It wasn't even top of mind. Like, I wouldn't, you know, going into 2022 season, we were never talking about fucking Sam Darnold. It's not like, middle cop, you've always loved this guy. Was it liked him at USC, I guess, like five years ago, but whatever. This is just the business I'm in. I got a pretty good idea how this shit happens. I'm not saying I'm always right. Some stuff is just my opinion. This was not really opinion based. This was like educated guesses from being in the fucking trenches with the people. And when I say the people, I just mean people in the league. It's why you and I heavily defended the silver article of every village idiot going, Mike, and it, it sounded crazy, but it's like, I don't think people realize this guy has, and he's he knows these people and he's calling them gutless. Like this is an old school journo that there's a level of knowledge of connection. Like the, the understanding that like a Mike Silver or Tim Kawakami They've been doing this for Mayo, if you, decades. Like I've been talking to Mayoko 
off the and air. And honestly, John, a lot of the beat writers, I talked to a lot of them today at practice. Everybody was shocked by how it played out today, but nobody, not a single one of them was surprised that it's gotten here. This is, this is who they talk to. And listen, I do it less at this point in time than just in the weeds of constantly. And I can talk to most of the important people with the 49ers. They by no means are giving me what they're giving Mike or Matt Mayoko. Like I'm not, I don't even ask those questions because I know they'll just go dark on me or whatever. Those are the, because they know that, I, not that I'm a loud mouth, but I, I'm in a different business than they are, right? If, I, if Matt finds out something, he can construct an article. He's a reporter. And those guys, this was so clear to me, guy, honestly, back to March when he signed for $3.5 million. Look at some of the backup quarterbacks who are horrendous players. This guy, whatever you thought of him at the time, the value of backup quarterbacks, we've talked over and over. The 49ers have been in just quote-unquote backup quarterback land Kyle's entire time. So we got a pretty good idea, money value, what a guy's worth. Remember a couple years ago, it's like, get in on Andy Dalton. It turned out he was like $10 million, right? It's just, this isn't that complicated. Now, I, I watched you and Kawakami. You were beating the bushes yesterday on the ground floor. And Tim disagrees definitely with me that there was like a wink-wink. And I don't even know if there was necessarily like a legit one-on-one conversation. You are going to be the number two quarterback. But it was pretty well known, I feel like, between the crew. Slash, there's an element of Sam, West Coast guy, probably wanted to gravitate toward back here. I bet Chris McCaffrey's like, you'll love it here. But this, this to me, again, no victory lap here. I, I truly felt before I ever saw Sam throw a pass in a preseason game, I, I haven't been going to practice, was inevitable from the jump. And what, just to be clear, you're saying you were reading, I mean, I know the answer to this, but reading the tea leaves by the actions of how quickly they signed him. Actions, how fast they signed him. Buzz on the streets. You've been privy to this. I think you gave me some buzz of the love of Kyle toward this guy. The, the understanding that they view this player, just like I know the way these NFL people think, I felt like a lot of people that were negative on Sam viewed him like a finished product and you've done a good job talking about this like Kyle is not watching second year New York Jets film of Sam Donald he views this guy if, if Trey's a raw product then this guy's both of them are just products I can kind of mold who's the closest to if I got to play against the Steelers with I can win the game because that's that's how Kyle's been thinking now this year I think last year they went in a little open-minded they hated it immediately Albert Breer has been on this for eight months. That those days are over. There's no open-mindedness anymore. They, in their mind, it was like, who could they win a game with? And Sam's game experience, many of them pretty shitty experiences, in a weird way, were a positive to Kyle. Once he realized, I like a lot of the things he can do in my offense, right? So he had to play with him a little bit in OTAs and early in training camp. But unless this guy was just a horrendous training camp player, which I guess was possible. It was just going to be impossible for him to lose it, unless Trey was just remarkable. And even though clearly Trey's better, let's say, than last year, which I remember trying to be really positive. Like, this is going to be okay, this is going to be okay. But we'd leave practices, and it was just pretty ugly a lot of the days. The, that that was going to have to be the – he was going to have to just be dialed, right, in practice. And it's just – that's not really his thing, right? Slow starter, hit or miss practices – He's not just 
I don't know what Peyton Manning and Tom Brady look like throughout their career in practice, but I would imagine they were pretty good practice players, right? He was just going to have Brock, to be like I'll tell you, Brock was really good today again for the second day in a row. Yeah, I mean, your best argument is maybe he's a gamer. And the best anti-Darnold argument is maybe he's not. But to your point, if Sam Darnold is 20 interceptions in 55 games instead of 55 interceptions in 55 games, he's probably not available to Kyle Shanahan for $3 million. Right. Like, Honestly, give it, given his resume here is because it's gone poorly other places. But even given his resume guy, he took a discount and came here. Even if you believe there was no wink, wink, a little bit of a leap of faith. Look around the NFL for what guys were signing for right at that position. Like, would you rather have Sam Darnold be your backup quarterback or Gardner Minshew? You know, just Mark's Mariota. Well, they signed two guys like that. Why, is, why on earth is Brandon Allen here? And this gets back to... Play fourth-string quarterback? This gets back to Trey Sample size is really small, but clearly the head coach, who is not just the decision-maker, but is also the play caller, doesn't believe in it anymore. And, and honestly, guy, there's nothing wrong with that. That happens in football all the time. doesn't mean you're always right, but coaches see something in a player and think it's, you know, I'm, I'm not talking like there's one thing like Pete Carroll. I saw was talking to Sherman. He was just talking, you know, there came a time in all your guys' careers. I'd never been in a place that long where I saw your peaks and then you started trending down and I have to be the bearer of bad news. That's That wasn't like with with Kyle to Navarro Bowman. Remember when he cut him that his his first year? Stuff like that. There's no equity in this player beside the equity that you use to acquire him and the money Jed's cut him. But in terms of on the field, th- there's no reason for Kyle to ever go like, I should believe in this, right? And that's like what Purdy has right now. Well, but but in like, you know, this, it's not just what do I think of A. It's A, everything is A versus B. Right. Even if he's got some belief that one day Trey Lance can be a good player, which is we'll play what he said. He said that today. But, you know, there's a couple angles on that. But Trey has been better. Like I disagreed today. I, we had a good conversation. I did today when uh, Sam got named the number two because I was just hanging out there before practice and Dickinson and Kruger were there. And I told them what I've been saying to you, which is different than what I said coming out of OTAs. And I, I think in hindsight, one thing I said that was incorrect, and you disagreed with me, and I think you would have been correct, is that I think ties would go to Trey. And I thought coming out, the, out of OTAs, Trey looked better. Well, we don't really know because they're not, they weren't tied. And that's one thing I've been, ad, I've, I've been trying to convey to people is there's a lot of debate about whether they're tied or not before today. They weren't tied. And I'm going to do tomorrow morning – I'm going to give you, now that Trey didn't show up today, and, and this was the last open practice, you should avoid this, John, but I'm going to do the final GFF grades. <laughs> and I already, I haven't done today, uh, I won't do today's, but I I already, I've kind of seen where the numbers are going to end up, and I'm going to add the games to them. They're not going to be even between Sam and Trey. It, it was not even between Sam and Trey. And people want to debate this. Um, Kyle Shanahan has no motivation. Now, maybe he's wrong. Some people are arguing he's wrong. He has no motivation to fix it for Sam if Sam is a worse backup quarterback than Trey Lance is. Totally and agree. His history is one thing. What Kyle Shanahan has seen with his eyes, and we know this is a coach with a lot of conviction, a lot of self-belief in what he can do with a player, and a real lack of care about 
what any fallout would be from a failed move or a pivot or whatever, you know, I, it's, it's hard to, you don't always get caught. If, if you make nothing but mistakes and your MO is I cut bait, then we should say, why do you make so many mistakes? But there is something admirable about not holding on to a mistake to try and save face. Kyle does not seem to care about that at all. His actions, he never seems to really, he just lets when it's over, it's over and he moves on. Um, he has no motivation to keep Sam around if he thinks Trey's better. He doesn't think that. And well, I think based on what we've seen in camp, I, I understand why he feels that way. I, I do. I would say to be a legit all-time coach, which is, I think, his aspirations, right? And I mean, his aspirations is just to win Super Bowls and keep winning big. And once you do that, you become a legend. But to to do that, right, to be a Sean Payton, to be an Andy Reid, to be a Pete Carroll, to be what Bill was forever, and before him, the Walshes, the Parcells, the just good coaches, Holmgrens, you can't give a shit about what people are going to say. Like, you got to keep riding this out. You traded all these picks for him. You got it. You gave him all this money. He has to start. I would say the best coach, you could argue in all of sport, but definitely now still with the NFL because of you know, the kind of fluid salary cap situation. Like in the NBA, if you have a $30 million player, sometimes you're just stuck with a guy, <laughs> right? In football, you can kind of finesse everything. you got to be willing to like, yeah, some people are going to think you're crazy, whatever, move on. And that's where I think today, not, I mean, he said 10 days ago, we'll listen to the audio here, but once you believe, and I actually think they've, when he says 10 days, I think they've had, he had it in his mind coming into training camp, like he knew the way this was going to go. But he, but he liked it. A lot of times when these situations happen, right, a crazy breakup, whether it be from a draft pick or a big free agent, it usually like gets ugly. Like it's just like Antonio Brown, what the fuck is going on? Right? Albert Hainsworth or Jamarcus Russell or some of the biggest busts. It's just, it's just ugly. This has not been ugly beside arguably from the play. And now some would disagree. He's... You know, you see that fourth quarter with five minutes? I've said it over and over. It doesn't really matter. If you have an agenda, that mattered. But if you don't, you just go, well, I'm 50 years old. I've been watching the NFL for 30-plus years. I know in my heart of hearts, fourth quarters of preseason games. One, even if you're a diehard fan, you don't watch that many of them. And that would have been the rare one. This would have been one of the rare seasons when your average 49er fan probably watched every snap of preseason games, right? Because for the most part... Oh, it's, yeah. It's the most I've been locked in in a fourth quarter in a long time. By, by a mile. It's the, and it's the only team... I've watched a couple other games beside the Harbaugh Bowl, which actually was kind of intriguing because you wanted to see them lose the Monday Night Football game <laughs> and break the streak. But but I every other preseason... <laughs> I thought it was, it was riveting television. <laughs> Part of it was just the broadcast. It just felt like a big deal with those guys on the broadcast. Yeah. But my, my ultimately, my point is people that rooted for that had an agenda. And, and that's where I honestly think this, where we've always separated, like, it's weird. Someone asked me the other day, like, are you a 49er fan? Like, I root for them, but my fandom, like, I used to be a diehard when I was a kid. It's way different now, right? I mean, I, I thought the Super Bowl was cool. I knew a bunch of people on the Eagles and the Chiefs. Like, my relationship with this is different. Do I want the 49ers to win? Of course I do. Do I get excited when cool shit happens? Of course. Did I actually care about any of this? If you told me Trey Lance was the best quarterback and he truly was with my eyes, I would say it. Right? I, I think you and yeah, I just... I, I wanted them to draft him because, because I felt like they needed a high ceiling guy. But 
what a player but is it, in theory is different than what they've been when in a competition. And, and it also gets back to this, like the criticism of Kyle. No one, and I'll put myself, I'll go toe to toe with anyone who's willing to talk shit about coaches. Like I, I am more comfortable doing that than most things in my entire life. And there have been things, Kyle, at individual instances in a game that drive you nuts, right? And I think I speak for anyone that, whether you're pro-Kyle or anti-Kyle. I don't know how you could really be anti-Kyle if you're a 49er fan based on the success he's had these last four years. And the other thing is, everything he's ever told you, right? Like, listen, I think Jimmy's pretty good. And when Jimmy's our starting quarterback and he's healthy, we can win. And when Jimmy's, it's not always pretty. I mean, I would rather watch Mahomes or Allen, but he hasn't lied. It's worked. Right? Like, it's been successful. So, the whole point of this, and I say it all the time, like, I get so many DMs from so many random fans of so many teams. Most teams, like the New York Giants last year, was an incredibly successful season. The Philadelphia Eagles lost in devastating fashion in the Super Bowl. Incredible fucking year. There are less than five teams in all of sports, right? Maybe the Warriors, probably not even anymore. But the Chiefs, maybe Alabama football just because of Saban, but their teams aren't clearly as good anymore. Maybe now Georgia. I don't even know, think there's a team in college basketball. It's like legitimately championship or bust or the season sucked. And when I say suck, like for the Chiefs, it wouldn't, the season would still be fun. It would just, anything less than the Super Bowl for the Chiefs this year is, is a letdown, right? That's their standard. They're the, they're the only team that can say that. If the 49ers lose in the NFC Championship game, that would suck that day, and it would be disappointing or whatever. But on the overall totality, the macro with the coach, he's got this thing rolling, right? We might be able to nitpick him if it's a bad loss or whatever, like makes a bad play call. But he's proven to be really, really good. Really, really good. So I trust him. And he thinks, he's telling you, for 10 days, he thought Sam Darnold was better. 10 days. That's just what he's willing to say publicly. What, what, what does that translate to? Eh, I, I noticed it in OTAs. Well, yeah, or I was pretty sure when I signed him, this is how I'd feel. He confirmed it for me once I got to work with him. Let's play. Should we play? I mean, Kyle spoke today. Kind of weird. Here's how it played out, because there's some debate. And as you said, Silver was calling him gutless. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan for not talking today. Some people have, have construed that as canceled press conference, not a canceled press conference. They weren't scheduled to talk. I was there. I definitely felt like, are we going to see John Lynch today? Feels like a time. But I think once we hear Kyle talk, I understand they are clearly working through things. This is not a conclusion. They did not take him off the field today because a trade's impending. I will describe to you what it was like to be at Levi Stadium today. It was weird. There's a report as everyone's hanging out, waiting to go out to practice from Pelissero and NFL media that Sam Darnold's going to be QB2. In hindsight, you should have immediately thought, like, what's going on with Trey? Go out to practice, watch the quarterbacks warm up. Immediately, it's obvious. There's only three of them. You look around. Is Trey working somewhere else? No, Trey Lance isn't here. So that was it was it was crazy in a weird way. Then it felt like, well, he's about to get traded. Maybe this is how it was always going to end. And that's not that crazy, right? I think, yeah. Did, did I was in the car. Someone sent me a text. Did Pelissaro break the news? Is that how you found out? Yeah, is it was. What? I got a bleacher alert, rap sheet and Pelissaro report. So then we, I was about to, I was sitting just chatting with Larry and Dickinson. So we all go to Twitter and bam, there it was. 
And so then no one with the 49ers, no one with the 49ers announced it. I, that's what I thought no. happened, but it wasn't yeah. like. And what makes it a little weird is Larry yesterday asked, or was it Grant? Somebody asked Kyle yesterday. It was Larry. You know, could, you, could you alter Larry? Could you alternate quarterbacks? He's like, oh yeah, like it came off his tongue so fast. Yeah, we could alternate quarterbacks. So I'll just tell you where I was when I was standing on the field was either they they found a trade and so named Sam number two, or maybe that comment gets to pretty easily gets to the agent, right? These guys, Jimmy Sexton and Condon, like they represent Trey and Sam and they go, wait a second, Kyle, neither one of these guys. No, we're not. You are not going to put them through that. Right. Because you and I debated the other day. Could this story continue? And I said, no. But if Kyle was going to alternate weeks renamed backups, which I don't think he was going to do, but that's what he said. He wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to do it. <laughs> so the story doesn't die. So maybe one of the agents says, Kyle, you got to pick, man. And Kyle goes, fine. It's Sam. And then Trey goes or his agent goes, well, then we're not coming out. Get us out of here. So that's just where my head was when I was on the field. Now let's listen to this and we get more insight. Uh, this is from CanBR. It hasn't aired yet because the Giants game's in extra innings with the Phillies. So they recorded it and posted it, and uh, that's to our benefit. So take a listen here. Uh, Tom Tolbert asks Kyle, do you expect or do you think or do you want to have Trey Lance with the team when you play in Pittsburgh in the season opener? And this is what Kyle Shanahan said. I'm really hoping so. I mean, this isn't a thing that we're – given up on Trey this is more of how Brock played in his seven games and that was decided before the season started and then how good Sam's looked they both looked good but we do have to make a decision here and you only get so many reps at it and um, we feel um, you know starting about 10 days ago Sam really separated himself and um, we got to keep it real in that way but Mm -hmm. I feel very very fortunate to have both of them here I really hope when it's said and done that all three of these guys are here and uh, you never know when that's going to come up. We needed four guys last year. Um, doesn't happen much, but um, if we can have Trey as an option here, um, I would feel extremely happy about that. And I think the other quarterbacks in our room would, and I think our team would. Trey's a very well-liked guy, one of the better people I've been around, and I do think he's going to have a lot of success in this league. It's been a tough road for him because he, the times he has gotten an opportunity, um, he ended up getting hurt and missed that window. And now he's sitting in this position, and we'll always try to do right for Trey. Um, if there's a better situation that his heart's in and something like that, um, we're going to make sure not to do something that hurts him in that way. Um, so that's stuff that I talked to him about this morning. That's stuff I'll talk to him about tonight and continue to talk to him about. But um, Trey knows how I feel about him, and um, I, mean, I, I hope he ends up being able to be here, and that's the best thing for him. But uh, we got to see what is the best thing um, from now until then. So there you hear he said he started to separate himself 10 days ago. 10 days ago was the Raider game. Right? This is Wednesday. 10 days ago would have been a Sunday against the Let me count real quick. Good math. Yeah. Well, I guess that's 11 days, but yesterday, one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten days from Tuesday was the Raider game. I actually think if you, you can go back and see one, there was early in training camp, I tweeted all the quarterbacks about the same. Well, it changed. And around the time I started doing, I just luckily, the GFF grading, which we mock, but it's I just grade every throw. Sam started making more good throws and less bad throws. So I'm with, I do my eyes 
I don't think Kyle says some things that are just, you know, a guy talking, but I do think it changed to me. It was for me, it was more than 10 days ago. It was like 17 days, whatever it was the week leading up to the, like that Monday, Tuesday leading up to the Raider game. It started looking different to me too. Trey stopped having the, he got today and then Darnold gets tomorrow and then Trey's better today. And then it stopped for whatever reason. So um, I do, I buy that. I absolutely buy that. It started looking different to them. Now, Maybe it started looking different to them, to your point, and it's what they always thought was going to happen. But um, the other thing, I mean, what did he say there? He said if Trey finds something else that he likes, he's kind of saying, do you interpret that as I do, which is they've basically given him the right to look for a trade? Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always. And you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code ham to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the performance package 5.0 ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin-safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, boxers 2.0, and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code ham. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, Not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but... I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity 
in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered... Can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I, I would imagine, I mean, we're doing this for the Giants somehow mustered a comeback. Uh, you won't find John Dickinson Giants. texted me, by the way, <laughs> after the home run that Bryce Harper hit to tie the game, and he said, Giants are going to find a way to win this. 
Yeah, you you won't find any bigger Giants fan that roots against them right now than John Middlecoff, but that's it's a weird relationship. I do think it, I think once the interview, because listen, Tom's a pro, like so did Trey leave. And I, I'll grant him this, because I would say I, I crushed the situation last year when Carr left and the Raiders. Like I thought it was just such a low-level thing. This one's very understandable, especially if Trey thought at minimum he was tied, and then he hears August 23rd before the last preseason game. Like, not only is it over, we've been leading this way for a while. Devastating. Now, I think the question is, and I know where I stand, I don't think we ever see Trey throw another pass. Because if you are thinking about trading him, and you're not going to be able to trade him for much, I mean, at all. Because you and I, when you were driving back from Levi's today, I was texting with uh, Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants, and I had said, you know, his salary cap this year is nine, next year is nine and a half or whatever. He's like, well, actually, the Niners have already paid that money. That's just their cap. You only owe him if you trade for him $6 million, a little over. And that's what a team that traded for him would have to take. Basically, $5 million next year and pay him the nine hundred fifty k this year. And you and I basically discussed over the phone, if Trey Lance was a free agent today, like if he was just cut and available to every team, didn't have to go through waivers, would any team in the NFL give him two years, $6 million all guaranteed? Not a chance. So the NFL is very financially driven at the margins, right? Now, obviously, it's like the, I mean, they're doing a staring contest with Nick Bosa. Who's, Andy, did you see his quotes today? He's like, yeah, I don't fucking, they stopped communicating with us about Chris Jones. Bosa and Chris Jones, non-quarterback, you could argue that second and third best player behind like Trent Williams in the NFL last year. I mean, they were elite. And Andy's like, yeah, he better call us or something. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Train moves on. <laughs> Who knows what Nick, they're just screaming over $5 million. So you better believe that they nitpick with the highest players or the best players at you know premium costs. You better believe they deal with backups with the minuscule costs. So this is a complicated scenario where I've said over and over, where do you trade him and he starts right away? That does not exist. Now, you trade him to Tampa or Atlanta, and then if it goes poorly, he gets play. But is that November 1st? So he gets eight games? And what if it's ugly? They got to pay him $5 million next year? That's what Sam Darnold went for less than that with 55 starts. So this notion that like this raw product a raw product and a moldable product is much more of something to deal with in the offseason than it is the season. Because the other thing we discussed is when you're not the starting quarterback, you sneaky don't spend that much time on the field with your offensive coordinator and your quarterback coach. Why? You're servicing the defense. When you're not the backup quarterback. Even the backup, depending on the quarterback. Sometimes the backup quarterback, remember last year, Brock Purdy was over there with the second string de- or the first string defense when Jimmy Garoppolo was a starting quarterback. That wasn't and again, just you're week doing, one. You're busy doing what? Running, pretending to be Joe Burrow or I like the Matt way Stafford. What was I saying? What coaches always say, which is oh, ser- the service. Defense. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, servicing, you're servicing the boys. You know, <laughs> you got to service the boys. But my point is, when I was at Fresno State, every Sunday night, after the game, like during the season, all the redshirt freshmen and true freshmen and just even younger, you could be a sophomore that don't play in the game would have a live scrimmage for like, sometimes it'd be like an hour. Then the rally burgers would come, but you would get like, they would get tape 
And then those guys would get time during the week to go with their position coach. It was a really big deal for them, right? If you're the backup quarterback who never plays or the backup running back, right? You get these live reps, you're getting tackled. That shit never happens in the NFL. So this notion we've been talking about, Trafer, how does he improve? How does well, he, he improve? Threw, he had eight throws yesterday in practice. Brandon Allen got none. But Brandon Allen doesn't need him. Brandon Allen said it like three weeks ago. Yeah, I know what it's like to be the third-string quarterback. He is what and he they, is. He's a known entity, right? But th- but they no longer view that the giving Trey the snaps is worth it in practice because if something happens, he's not even going to be the guy going in. So it's a waste of snap to them, right? Like they they, they well, value I every, every other snap should go to Trey. Like Kyle Shanahan's talking like, yeah, if he was the third. I mean, Brandon Allen got snaps today. Not as many as Trey would have gotten or has been getting. Like yesterday, Darnold had eight throws. Trey had eight throws. Or maybe it was nine and eight, whatever. Today, Brandon Allen got a mm-hmm. handful. Maybe it was 10. Well, it was close. And it's been close. Like, um, over the last, like, seven home practices, I think Darnold has, like, nine more throws than Trey, right? Brandon Allen is not going to only have nine fewer throws than Darnold over the next seven practices. But Kyle's talking like he'd keep him around as his third quarterback. Now, is he saying that because they have no leverage? To your description, you have to take on money if you acquire Trey. He's not going to be your starting quarterback. And you have the incentive to just wait around and make the 49ers cut them. The 49ers don't want to do that. That's a financial loss for them if they do that. And it feels like they're in a position where they're going to have to trade. They're going to have to attach a valuable pick to him or a semi-valuable pick to him in order to trade and essentially buy the cap space with whatever pick they attach to him. Right. But like attaching a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick to Trey. I don't think saves them the money if nobody thinks they're going to keep them on the roster. Practice dramatically changes, though, once preseason games are over because you start running it like a practice to get ready for your opponent. So the reps dramatically change of just the equitable, just rep here, rep there, right? Those days end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Today today yeah. was the like, the, and I think Kyle, I think that is like a legitimate reason why what's the point of even hiding it? We're telling these players now, so the moment that we get past this preseason game on Friday, our practices become a little different, right? It's Pittsburgh Steelers week, even though there's, whatever, two-and-a-half-week gap before the game. But we're, we're not just giving reps to give reps to, like, what if we can just improve his footwork a little bit? They're, that's not really the way it works in the NFL. You kind of got to develop on your own, which he can. Purdy did, right, just on the sideline getting better. Trey did this offseason, but the offseason is a lot different than on a weekly basis. And I, I, I don't think he's lying that we would probably keep him around. But if you're Trey, the hard part about this is if, if you're dating someone right now and she does not like you or kind of likes you, but clearly it is nowhere near it once was, it would be hard to stay in that relationship after a while. You'd be like, this is pointless. And that's what it felt like once he heard that today. Like, this is over. He can say these things publicly, and honestly, he can be nice to me and everything, like, no one's mean to me around here. I've got some friends. But this is nowhere what it once was, what we hoped it would be, and I don't think there's ever any coming back from it now. But like you said, he doesn't control. In that in my relationship analogy, I can just dump you and move on. He, well, do you he remember, doesn't have that power. Do you remember the uh, – the, was it the day? The day it was over at our uh, former employer – you and I laughed about this. You've told the story, so I don't think you'll care if I mention it. 
but you had a communication where uh, the boss said to you, well, John, we'd love to have you back here as a contributor, right? Now, how do you hear that? Do you hear that as, oh, I'm appreciated here? Or do you hear that as, fuck you, <laughs> right? And when you say, like, we like the guy and we'd love to keep him around as our third-string quarterback, I don't blame him for going, that's not a compliment. Get me out of here, right? But that, is, but, that com- but, that com- but that comment also turned out to it was a bold-faced lie. It wasn't correct, even true. Correct, Yeah, but, so, but my, I'm just giving you the example of, like, when you say you can stay but for less – that's not a, oh, thanks, I appreciate the lifeline, right? I don't remember many things he actually said the same money. He's like, yeah, we'll pay you about the same. I, like, I remember him okay. saying that and going like, what? That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. You just made that up. But that, that, but I do think that parallels, like, was Kyle just saying this to be nice? Like, he knows it's over. It is over. I, I do think it's over. Now, I don't know if that's tonight, tomorrow morning, by the weekend, you know, there is no practice tomorrow, right? Because they play Friday. Assuming, let's just say there's not a trade in the next 48 hours. Trey Lance is not playing in the game on Friday. And Trey Lance, I would expect to not. The game's at Levi's, right? Game's at Levi's. Do you expect, if I tell you that no trade the next two, two days, one, do you think he plays in the game? One, and two, do you even think he's standing there? Because I would I don't think no he's showing up. No, I, I think this is now some version of a holdout or whatever you call it. Now, you know, roster cut downs are on Tuesday. So, like, it does feel like part of this, either from the agent side or from the Niners side, is some urgency to try to get something done here in the next five days. What if the Niners told him this knowing how the reaction's probably going to go, knowing that you see Deanna Rossini, now of The Athletic, uh, she tweeted that, you know, they've had conversations about trading Trey Lance for over a six-month period of time throughout the offseason. But until really probably the last couple of weeks, it never – it wasn't worth them to just give it away even at the draft. Because you're like, what if? What if? We already paid all this money. Hell, I know. Trust me. I have made some stock moves, and that stock's down 95%. It's like my fifty grand sh- says $3,000. Should I ride this thing out? And and I wonder if they looked at it like that. Like, let's why cash out just yet? Let's just see if we can get it back to like fifteen grand. And like, fuck, it would be a win. And I think they showed some wins. The problem was Sam was also there, and it clearly in their mind. So to me, you can't have him get injured, right? Because you don't want to have to eat that amount of money on your salary cap for two right. years if he's not even going to play. And two, once you announce, it's weird. Like the. I saw, I, I just went to like Silver's Twitter. Like this was a, just a flashing light to the league, right? They, they they gave this, like why did Palisaro and Rapsheet to like just let it, so they didn't have to call every GM or Lynch sent out a mass text. You just, this is the is the, is the the text chain to the league. This yeah, is the I don't mass, think, right? yeah, people have been trying to figure out like who leaked it, which A, once a player no-shows a public practice doesn't really matter. But I don't think Trey, quote unquote, leaked it i think the niners knew he wasn't going to show up at practice they named sam qb2 or they named him qb2 and that's why he wasn't going to show up and he knew it showed up at practice guy they talked to him this morning did he just leave like yeah i don't know i i saw a car driving out i'm like who is that wasn't him but um uh or they told him last night and he said do you think he he was in the building when you were out of practice no i think i think they told him last night maybe or you think they told him today he he said this morning. 
He said, I talked to him this morning. Is it possible they said yesterday, here's what's happening? And then Trey's like, hey, hey, I'm not showing up. And Kyle calls him like, hey, man, you coming in today? He's like, no, I'm not. However it plays out, my point is I'm with you. I think the Niners are the ones that tell NFL media this is what's going on. But his decision not to show up is what made that thing real right now today. If the agent theory is correct, which I think might not just be specifically the agent, but that just put a little urgency on this thing, and it was decided everyone was communicated to last night, then he might have not shown up today at all, and they communicated over a phone call or something, right? Right. Thomas says, you keep saying no-showed. Is that true, or was he held out? Well, when I was standing out there, I thought he was held out of practice because he was about to get traded. But then when you listen to Kyle talk, it sounds like he made he or his agent made the decision. If Trey and Sam call at the same time after Kyle tells them who's QB two, which call did he did he group answer that or is, it's seven different agents? You know, CAA each guy's got several guys. But when I was standing out there, John, I thought it was they held him out because they were about. I, I thought they were about to like Trey Lance is going to get traded before we walk off this field. Kind of like it happens in baseball, you know, we're like oh he just got pulled off the on deck circle. That's what it felt like. But that's Kyle is saying that's not what's going on. I think with CAA, for every like Tiger Woods and Nick Bosa that are just like unlimited cash cows or Micah Parsons or who I mean, they have a Buster Posey's a million sweet players. You got to deal with this stuff, right? <laughs> oh, we yeah, got I Manny mean, they, Machado. They made a pretty penny million. off it. No, I mean, it was worth it. But yeah, I, I just. I think the moment you start getting serious, like we easily could roll with Brandon Allen. Let's just work. What could the trade get before, you know, this whatever's Tuesday? Yeah. So maybe the urgency to trade him today slash tomorrow before the game isn't as big if he's not even going to be around and you basically got a five or six day window now to figure this thing <sighs> yeah, out. Yeah, but right? you agree you can't cut him or, or would they do that? I, this is where it's a unique situation where like when the Raiders cut Antonio Brown, it's like, I got no choice. The guy's fucking burning feet. He's YouTube in conversations with the Like that was like jump the shark. And that that situation happens sometimes in sports, right? Like this is this is wild. Right, like I've been a good guy this whole time. The yeah, only this, way I'm this getting is out not, of here is if I play hardball. I think before you cut him, you just like, hey, we'll trade Trey Lance and a fourth. You give us a sixth and we just will eat it. All yep. the egg on our you're face, bu- and we just the, eat it. You're buying the cap space. Here's the other thing. I th- I'll tell you. You want to hear another? I, I don't think cutting's an option because I do think you could give away like that, which isn't crazy. Yeah. Like, I would go. I would think they would go, under no circumstances are we doing, like, Trey Lance and a third for a seventh, right? Like, there you is a number not, that, like. But, but they may be up against it, and then we just have to find a way to clear this space. We got to sign Bosa. Here was my other theory. Steve Wilkes, if we do this, you have to get a head coaching job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I had another another theory I had before Kyle talked was, is Jake Moody's performance making them feel like they would benefit from clearing up $3 million to have available should they need to pay a kicker in a month and a half? Should they need to sign Robbie? That was one of my they, immediate they, reactions. I said it to JD and Kruger. Like, are they a little worried about Jake? Like we got to have a 3 million on, on hand just in case there's a move to be made. I mean, this is a team that has made moves during Emmanuel Sanders during the season, Christian McCaffrey during the season. Like they have made significant moves in season before. 
I, w- I would think that they would then just find a way to like take a hammer to Moody's like toe, put him on IR. Like they're not cutting Jake Moody. But right? you still need, yeah, but you still need to pay, pay somebody else to play the position. Could they bring Robbie back? Yes. It would have, it would have to get pretty ugly. You know, once it, once it, the golf courses get a little bad weather and you can prorate Robbie's five to three, you know. Has any team won the Super Bowl the same year they cut a first-round pick two years after trading all the ones for him and a kicker who they drafted in well, the third? <laughs> you know what Cam Inman said to me today at practice? He's like, we're standing there. I don't think Cam will mind. It was just me and Cam and Mayoko, just three blue-collar state school guys, John. Cam goes, you know, it's probably good for Kinlaw. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't think you can cut two first-rounders in the same week. <laughs> Is there but like, – I think he's on think the ball. Kinlaw? Yeah. But I, I mean, I, if I had to bet, I think he makes the team. They don't have a lot of defensive linemen right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, one guy is in – you see Bosa tweeted from, like, New York or Instagram. Who's I, Who repo- – I think uh, – was it uh, Andy Lou or somebody was like – like, thanks for saying New York. I don't think anybody thought that was downtown Santa Clara. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I think this is the beginning of the end, and it's just whether it happens tonight, tomorrow, or it happens Monday or Tuesday. And the urgency for the other teams, what's theirs, right? If, if I traded for him, if I'm Team I, X, I, John, he's, not, I, he's not playing in the game Saturday. So why don't I just let, let my preseason game happen? Like if, if I'm another team, I'm not bidding against anybody. So I'm more inclined to probably trade for him Monday or Tuesday once I just know my roster. Because if you and I run, pick the shittiest team, Tampa or the Atlanta, if I traded for him, by the time he got there tomorrow afternoon, he's not playing in my game Saturday, right? He doesn't know the offense. I wouldn't put him in a position to look like shit. So why won't I just trade for him once I just, once I start cutting guys or at least know my roster on paper with my GM? So if I'm another team, I'm not pulling the trigger more than likely because this isn't a bidding process of much. It's like, do I really want him that bad? If I did, I would trade more in the 6th or 7th, and that's his value, till Monday or Tuesday. And maybe best case for the 49ers, they got a couple teams, and maybe that pick goes from a 7th to a 6th or something. But I I do wonder with the timing of this, I mean, I understand the 49ers, they're not worried about the rest of the league timing. They're more worried about themselves, the reps, and just where they have to go and I think, and I said this to you when you were driving home, I think on Friday it would have been an enormous story because let's just pick a number. Let's say Purdy and those guys get two drives this this week. Score a touchdown, another a field goal that Moody misses. And it looks good, right? They're just moving the ball, matriculating, they yank them all out, and then Sam comes in. Wouldn't that be pretty clear? Like I think people would be like, oh, this, we know where this is headed. Yeah, if he didn't do the reverse of what he did week two, you mean – yeah, the reverses are over. I'm just this is the number two guy. Like the yeah. way every other team operates. Like who comes in for your your starting quarterback is your backup quarterback. And when your starting quarterback, like Aaron Rodgers, doesn't start the game, the preseason game, your backup starts the game. There's not yeah. like some rotation. I don't think any other team was doing this beside team like the Tampa that was literally just having a quarterback battle. What did what, what is uh, Tennessee doing? Malik uh, Malik Willis is their number two quarterback. He just comes in second. So, and maybe you're, some of these teams don't know who their backup is, right? And sometimes, like, for example, 
would it stun you if Mariota doesn't make the team? If they go, guy, let's just take another guy or we trade for a guy. Could you trade him to Philadelphia? You and I were talking about this. I think part of the problem, and Kyle doesn't seem to care about this, but I think you probably have to care about this to some degree. Because I got a text. Would they trade him to Philadelphia? From John Lynch? People no, would Howie people ask Howie if he wants him? Go between? Well, they just they just know the way the Eagles view projects at that position. Yeah, and value. Look, I mean, so I think a couple things. One, I I do think you have to be aware of like, I don't want to trade him to the Rams. I don't want to trade him to the Seahawks. I don't want to trade him to the Eagles, right? I'm not going to trade him to the Chiefs. <laughs> I'd rather trade him to Tampa. You say you want to nope. do right by him, but do you want? Cow- Cowboys, no. Cowboys, but more so, especially in the NFC, I don't want to send the Eagles a fourth-round pick so I can get a seventh from them. I don't want to send a team my fo- a good pick to help them. If you have what, to if, what, what, if, what if one of those teams, it's, it's just trade me for the pick without having to do it? Yeah, and what if they're the only ones? <laughs> and you know, if you cut them, he'll go there anyway. Now, he's like going you to don't be a want- backup. Like, what if you're selling your house and the only guy making an offer is your moral enemy? Like, what are you going to do? Say no? You're like, fuck, I got to move. Yeah. Hell, my nemesis, former nemesis, actually. Did I ever tell the story about the argument I got to in the gym the one time with this guy? I almost with got the, the towel on the, the sweat? Uh, no, this was one. It just it escalated very fast. I did not start it at all. It was pretty ugly. It was not something that anyone would be proud I rem- of. Yeah, I, I do remember this. Yeah, I did not start it by any means. But, but you were not once proud you start of getting, yeah. Once you start getting talked to a certain way, you start talking shit back and almost comes to blows. And it's just, I, I, I didn't want to fight or anything, but the guy was getting in my face. You just could see it in his eyes. Like, this might go down. This is kind of crazy. Guy tapped me on the shoulder the other day. Hadn't seen him in like six months and apologized. And he just went, you know what? He's like, I was in a bad spot. Uh, and you just realize sometimes you just you can't ever judge a man, you know. You, you can't. It's why, honestly, I will not be critical of Trey refusing to show up today or whatever. Like that's, I get it. He's devastated. His career has been pretty shitty. Well, now, financially, he I've said over generational wealth, but yeah. uh, it's been shitty on the field. Uh, you know, there are some and people and people think he and people think he sucks for the most part. Like well, he was players a good- and. Don't forget last year when Jimmy was nowhere to be found, Trey was the one helping Brock Purdy out, right, from the sidelines. You could see it during games. The stories were were that, that he was helping. He was doing everything he could to help Brock. There are some, quote-unquote, holdouts that have some bad blood or you blame the player or whatever, although I think people blame players less now than they used to. Um, The irony is the players used to really – they were really getting screwed financially previously. But – Chris uh, Jones like I want 37 million dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Trey, I don't I don't blame him cuz he's gone look I've I've been the good guy. It I, I, if my conclusion is I got to get out of here for my career, I got to do what's best for my career. It, by the way, we're talking about the third quarterback, right? So it's not as if he's leaving Fred Warner high and dry. Right? He's not bailing on his promise to Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams to go shoulder to shoulder with them in the battle. He wasn't going shoulder to shoulder with them in the battle. Yeah, this team was not depending on him to win a championship this year. So he's not quote unquote, letting anybody down. Right. 
I, I don't. Guy, I, I'm with you. I don't have a. I don't have a problem with it either. I've said I would not. I would want him to stay around if I were them. But uh, and I and I do think there's a chance that the grass isn't greener in some other places because he's not going to go somewhere and suddenly get to start 15 games. But I don't. I understand it. I don't blame him, especially if he if he feels it like the fix was in. You know, like everybody was in on it. Everybody knew. Sam knew. Brandon Allen knew. The agents knew. Kyle knew. Everybody knew except me. If he felt that way, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I would understand. That would be a human way to feel. I would guess that he feels that way a little. I would too. How would he not? Yeah. How would he not? Because usually these situations, specifically with the quarterback, are highly emotional with how much time you have to put in, how much effort you have to make in being a good teammate. Uh, obviously, depending on the time. I mean, we did see it last year with with Derek. I mean, clearly, it's just it's devastating when someone tells you you're not good enough. I've been told that before. You've been told that. I don't know if you've ever been told that. Before, Some guy emailed me last twice. night, actually, <laughs> long like five thousand words. So it, it it hurts, right? And as you do what we do long enough. I, I feel zero emotion. Oh now God! The more I the, most here, the more I think of all the times I've been told I wasn't good enough. No, no. Every once in a while, like someone you don't know, I like. No, no. Know, I'm talking professional. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. It can sting if you respect the person telling you that. So I, I completely understand why it stings, but I also think it gets back to this, and this is my ultimate takeaway from this entire scenario, and this is what I like about this scenario because we're not like you know, the Alden situation or some of these situations that are just pretty hairy and pretty dicey, right? There's a lot of other shit going on where you just, it's hard to feel comfortable. Like, what is, what are we even doing here? This one is strictly about on the field play. And at the highest level in professional football, professional baseball, professional basketball, golf, tennis, you name it, any of the, sometimes, a lot of the times, most of the time, a guy is just not good enough. Now, the great part about being a young player in pro sports, like you have time, like you can improve somewhere else. But right now, August 23rd, 2023, I don't think he's remotely good enough for the 49ers to rely on him. And I know you, I haven't been in any practices here. And clearly, I, I'll be the first to say he clearly has improved. But I do not think, and I've said this over and over, if the 49ers named Trey Lance the starting quarterback, if, if Kyle Shannon today instead of the kid complete opposite, Trey Lance starting quarterback, Pittsburgh Steelers. By seven hours later, as we're talking right now, I think the line is 49ers plus three. Like, I think the Vegas views him. I'm talking to people in the league. I don't think anyone thinks he's good. And I've just, I'm just basing it off what I've seen. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. And in fairness, most people are not. Mariota sucks. Wentz is... People won't touch him. Most people think Darnold sucks. Everyone's backup. If you just pulled fans slash the NFL, they'd be like, yeah, he's probably pretty average. Ten plus starters in the NFL. It's like, yeah, he stinks. I bet he comes back to earth. I mean, it's, it's a. It, this isn't like there's a hundred of these guys. Most people relative to the NFL are what a fan or a scout or even a coach be like, yeah, he's not that good. Again, this is relative to his peers, not me and you. Which is and- true. Ten guys are really good. Another ten are pretty good. And the other ten, I think you're high. I, I think you got to cut it off around 15, 16. Well, yeah, I, you're right. About 15. Well, there are 15 guys that in that group, like to me, it's the top ten are great. 
Then there's five that are that are not going anywhere. Then there's like five that teams are trying to figure out: should we be replacing this guy or not? Then there's ten to fifteen that are just either too young to judge or not good enough. And then everybody else is worse than them. Yeah, and, and I most say this of every rookie- year. There's like four good college football quarterbacks every year that like fan bases aren't yet mad at, right? There's like maybe seven, but for the most part, other than like five to seven teams in college football, every fan base is like, ah, I don't know if this guy's good enough after half a season. Well, th- and we, you and I have talked about the draft a little bit. Let's just assume Caleb and Drake may go one and two. The likelihood that both those guys are going to be stars is slim to none. And then if you just factor in like Oregon, Washington, let's say both of them win 10 games. No chance that both those guys are like 10-year starters. Sam Hartman, everyone talking about at Notre Dame, and J.J. whatever, McCartney McCarthy. at Michigan. Like, all these guys can't be really Jordan good. Jordan Travis we're, at Florida State. So we're just getting eight sweet quarterbacks coming to the NFL? That's not the way it works. So he's not alone. He's actually more like his peers. Currently not good enough. Now, the difference of him and, like, let's say older quarterbacks, like a Gabbert or, hell, even a Baker Mayfield, right? Like that type age. He still has a lot more wiggle room and just runway to just improve, get chances. Josh Rosen bounced around forever. But right now, I don't even see how it's arguable. He's easily the third best quarterback on this team. And relative to the starter, who is truly his peer, right? Both guys drafted within a year of each other. One guy high, the other guy seventh rounder. If if you're not like 18 years old and haven't been watching football for like more than 15, 20 years, we're all in agreement. Brock Purdy's in a different universe than Trey Lance as a player. And no one's even acting like Brock Purdy is some top 10 quarterback yet. So it's like, that's the way the sport works in baseball. No one has any problem with it ever. Now, part of it, there's no connection, but the weird part with this one, there wasn't a connection with this college game. Right, I get with two or some of these players, Mac Jones, you watched in college that you might have. No one watched them. Not a fucking soul that listens to our podcast. Maybe one guy watched North Dakota State. Besides, I'm not talking YouTube clips. I'm talking like his games in 2019. Not a soul that listens to us. Unlike all the quarterbacks we just lifted, listed, just throughout the fall, a guy is going to watch bits and pieces of all of them. Right, And depending on how good... A lot of the teams we listed, Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, USC... Even North Carolina, there's a decent chance most people listening to this are going to watch a minimum a couple games on each. And probably Caleb, eight games. And Notre Dame, probably three or four. No one watched this, but this tie to them because of the draft picks, which is understandable. But who cares? That's three years. It's over. It's over. Was it a disaster? Yes. Did they? Were they way too emotional? It was just the perfect circumstance. But it, that's so long ago now. We're here. We're here. I would say this would be much more controversial if we were viewing this team like, God, are they even going to make the playoffs? Right. Is this even an eight-win team? But that's not the. That's why it's like, how is anyone worked up over? We're talking about a thirteen-win team that's fucking humming. You get fired unless you have a fight for one thing, and you get extended for one thing. You get extended for winning, and you get fired for losing. Nailing draft picks and losing gets you fired. And missing on draft picks and winning gets you extended. So, like I saw a comment here, when are they going to be held accountable? The second they stop competing, winning football games, is when they'll get, quote-unquote, held accountable. Unless you want Jed York to take Kyle Shanahan's parking space or something. But I don't know what that means. There is only one thing that gets you fired, and there is one thing that you do to keep your job. It's winning and losing. That's it. 
Well, you know who's going to get held accountable where I think this has some merit? Like Farhan and Gabe. Like what's going on there? If they were making the playoffs every single year, no one could say shit. The 49ers are literally rattling off, not playoff appearances, playoff victories. Let me repeat that. Playoff victories. Last year, they went 6-0 in their division. 6-0 in their division. I'll give you an example. Dennis Allen, whose career has been a disaster. If him and Derek pop this year, and all of a sudden they win 12 games and he's the two seed, and he wins a playoff game, what if I Which, told you they gave him like their a division. two? Would, it, would you be shocked if it's like Saints gave Dennis Allen a two-year extension? No. or so, You know, it's like that held accountable. We're not talking about losers. Well, well, here's what I, here's the one thing I would say. Held accountable might mean, hey, guys, we need to examine the process that led us to that mistake because a habit of that mistake, it's going to be hard to keep winning. Now, you know the way they look at it is, yeah, it cost us two picks, but at the end of the day, I bet part of what they're saying is, wasn't that expensive from a financial standpoint? And we know right now, this team from a financial, they are not stretched for picks. They're stretched for money. And that's the crazy part about this is it's actually, it's a worse mistake to, you know, pay Javon Hargrave and then Javon Hargrave is terrible and you're spending all that money on him right now today, right? Because the other stuff's already done with. And of course, you cannot make a habit of wasting first round picks. Can't do it. So they should examine the process that led them to that. But that's that's about the extent of it. Well, you can miss on a contract, which Trey's was, I think, 33 or $34 million guaranteed. You can't, Nick Bosa can't get injured or have a substantial injury once you pay him and have it not be devastating, right? Trent right. Williams has to play 15 to plus games for it to work at $20 plus million a year, right? And he has, and it's been fine. <laughs> Skinny Debo needs a rock and roll for his value, and it's fine. But ultimately, you're right. Where they're lucky is if this was 2008 and they had done the same thing and he was making Bradford or Matt Stafford money and he was a $60 million deal, it would be much, you'd be, it'd be impossible to trade, right? The only reason we're, we're talking about can they trade two years, $6 million? Like that's ultimately what we're talking about. Now, I think where it really hurts is. Even if you throw away the two picks, which ultimately, right, they went to two NFC Championship games, so both picks were late in the draft in the 20s, which, as we've seen, can always be traded for players, which typically are expensive. Even if you just those just disappeared. The Trey actual pick is really devastating from the sense of Jimmy was still on the roster and he maintained to be the quarterback the following year. And the amount of sweet fucking players that either they could have used that third pick on. I mean, we're talking all pros at all sorts of positions. And definitely Patrick Sertain or Micah Parsons. I can't even imagine him on this, one of those two guys on this defense. Or even like like, uh, Kyle Pitts, you'd think would be a better player on this team than he's been in Atlanta. I'm even trying to remove offense because their offense is not their problem at all. But just the amount of the, the corners, obviously Micah Parsons, mainly Micah Parsons. (laughs) You could have just had Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. (laughs) Jamar but, uh, Chase and, and Ayuk would have been traded by now. Hell, I mean, or, or Debo would never have been extended. What would Pene Sewell play on this team? So would he just be their right tackle? Sorry, and for those listening Trent, to the podcast, my I just went duh with my face. When when Trent retires, can you just move him to left? I mean, he's he's just yeah, that that one really hurts. 
But the one thing you learn the older you get, whether it's a pair of shoes that you never wear, whether it's a bad business deal, whether it's a car, a home, you're going to make mistakes. And whether definitely relationships, the faster you move on, you realize like you got a little time on your hands, right? And that's where Kyle and John have time on their hands. This is not Matt, Patricia, and Bob Quinn three years ago in Detroit. They're fighting for their fucking lives, right? These are guys that are rattling off victories. And I, I don't, I do not understand. You and I will talk as much, you know, what about Kyle on an individual play call as anybody. NFC Championship like, I have, game, right? Yeah, the evidence no is out there. We talked about it a but, lot. But the wrong. the macro version, it is undeniable. He is not just viewed as an elite coach. He would be in the mix when you factored in remove the old guys, like the guys over sixty, like Pete and Andy because no GM would probably pick Bill because he wouldn't be nice to him. But Kyle would be, he'd be in the mix to be the number one overall pick of a coach that has like a 20 more, 30 more years coaching, right? Of the LaFleurs, the Vrabels, the McVeighs. That's who we're talking about. And the Niners have them. Now they lucked into getting them a little bit, right? Josh turned them down. But who cares? He's their guy and he's kicking ass. And they're sweet players who everyone around the NFL is like, God, I love Fred Warner. Holy shit, Debo's a badass. God, Trent Williams... They all love the guy. So it's well, a, it's not only like, yeah, he's really good schematically. His teams are successful. He, he's like, the players love him. In yeah, a weird, his personality is a lot different than Andy. But wouldn't you agree, like, the way the players gravitate toward and talk about him is very Andy-like? People don't like, half the players, like, think, yeah, Sean Payton's tough, man. He's hard. He's crazy. Even Pete, like, Pete cuts them all, and they kind of hate him, and then they kind of come back. But feels like Kyle has a pretty good thing going right now. McVay's turned on a ton of guys. Yeah, and I don't think it's always, you know, wonderful. Like I think the relationship with Garoppolo was thorny, but I'm not I'm not acting like this guy's perfect. I'm just saying relative to any negativity about this guy macro-wise is stupidity. In the real world, if you're seeking perfect candidates for anything, you're not dealing in reality. So when you say this has got to be it for Kyle, replace him then. Who's the replacement? Because that person won't be perfect either, right? And I think in life, just like in coaching, if you get a coach that's got you around the ball a lot, i.e. you're in contention, then you should really be sure before you replace that coach, right? Like Jim Harbaugh, is he really going to be good enough to win a championship? He was not in the NFL, almost, but he wasn't. And I think it, partly it's him. And so far, he hasn't been good enough at Michigan. There are some people saying Michigan's going to win the national championship this year. I'm a little skeptical because I think in those biggest moments against the best coaches, I think there is a pattern with Harbaugh's team in which they come up short. But we'll see. Maybe he'll win it. But if Michigan said we're going to replace him, well, there's like four guys you can replace him with and be sure you're upgrading, right? And it's just it's you're not going to have the guy who makes every decision correctly. On a one to ten Belichick. scale, 100%. And once you get a guy that's good, do you think Jed's really worried about the situation at all? No. I, I don't even think he gives a shit. Because for as crazy as it sounds, and they've paid Trey a lot of money for nothing in return in terms of productivity, that's peanuts to Jed. And it's free money. It's Monopoly money. So, like, the money, th- this is not John Fisher's ace. This Peter is not, Angelo's. They, they just, what do you say? 
the owner of the Orioles, like, prices are going to go up dramatically. <laughs> Everyone's like, you can't pay the players? Yeah, so it's just... It's not the NFL. No, it's not. And, and well, when you're... And when you're winning, and when I say winning, like winning and going to winning four playoff games in two years and hosting playoff games and knocking out Aaron Rodgers and sweeping a division and winning 13 games is winning in the NFL, right? Like the Bengals. There's a chance they never win a Super Bowl with Joe Burrow. But if they just kind of maintain doing what they're doing, it's sweet. And you better believe they love that shit. Right, and they'll be glad to pay their their quarterback and their star receivers. And Jed's a pig and shit right now. Doesn't go get any better for him. Obviously, he wants to win, and even he's rolled that back. Right, the championships are bust. He's like, yeah, it's not realistic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what it's the attitude you want to have, but it's generally other than sometimes in college football, not. And those programs that operate like that in college football usually cycle through coaches. But this is what I'll remind people. Oh, go ahead. That'll remind people. Well, I do believe that is their attitude, and championship teams do shit like this when they realize like this is not going to work. Let's pivot. Who cares yeah. about everyone talking shit about us? It's easier to do when you have equity and wins. Like if I told you tomorrow, Andy traded Chris Jones, I'd be like damn. But he's must not want to win. Game. Yeah, no one's saying that, right? And, see, I'm glad you brought up Andy. Now you were there with Andy Reid in Philadelphia. There is consistently a misconception about Andy that he got fired because he couldn't win a Super Bowl. But what that ignores is that his last two years in Philadelphia, the Eagles went 8-8 eight and eight and 4-12. and 12. He didn't get fired coming off a, and if another NFC championship that he came up short. We've had enough. They went 4-12, and 12, John. So maybe the pressure had built up because they had never broken through. But if Andy won a Super Bowl in 2001, when they went 11-5 and five and finished first in the NFC East, for the first time in four straight years, he still might get fired after a four and twelve season a decade later, right? The he didn't get fired for not two. winning a championship. He got fired for going eight and eight and four and twelve. <laughs> the eight and eight season two with started the dream four team. Started four and eight. Started four and eight. Mm. So won the last four games. So it was it was pretty ugly, is what I'm saying. But it yeah. could have easily been five win. It was closer to like a five win team and a four win team. And it was time. That was the other thing. He had been through multiple iterations of his team several different dynamics of defensive and offensive players. This is Kyle's first iteration of his group. Like, he's getting another group, right? And he deserves it. He's a long, like, it's a pointless conversation. I don't even know why this conversation. I, I probably started it, but it's oh, he's going nowhere. He shouldn't go yeah. anywhere. And I commend him and commend the organization for being cool, which is like, yeah, we're going to, a lot of people are going to talk shit about us. Right, because even if you're not, I think a lot of people are talking shit about the 49ers who think Trey Lance stinks. Right? Like, what a terrible trade! Like, I, I actually think that's the large contingent of just national media people. Like, what a shitty, not debatable. But like you said, everyone's done them. Everyone's made them. You eat it, you move on. You keep winning. Within a couple of weeks, they'll forget. You're six and two. No one gives a shit. Well, if Brock is good, or if right, if Brock gets hurt, and then Darnold stinks. Then we're have then it's like whoa did you guys screw this up twice? You're wrong about Trey. You didn't give him the chance. You relied on Sam. That's all you needed because Brock was going to be healthy. And now Darnold's not the guy you thought you could make him into. Then they're going to get criticism for that, right? And if it, they're not and deservedly winning, so they'll deservedly get criticism for that. 
If all of a sudden Brandon Allen's playing, that's not good enough. They'll get criticism for that. If in three years, none of these guys are here anymore and Trey's the starting quarterback for the Bucks on year three, they'll get criticism for that. Like in some ways, that part of the story is not over, but they are in control now of if it go, if they win games, then this is just a, this, this is a, a blip along the road. But there's a difference in being critical of the Yankees when they get worked by the Astros in the ALCS and being critical, the version of being critical of the Yankees this season, their worst year in 20 years, right? Like, it's it's a different vibe. Like, it's like, yeah, we're nitpicking, missing a starting pitcher, need a little more speed. You're in the ALCS. You start, like, you're not sniffing the playoffs. Your team can't win a game in August. You suck. That's It's never you suck. Like, it, when it becomes that, then we got a major problem on our hands, right? You, you keep winning 12, 13 games, winning the division. He wins the division again this year, guy. That would be in, so they've made the playoffs three times in four years. So in five years, he'll have won the division three times. How's that? And the other time he, as a wild card, made the conference championship game. Is that the whole point? Right? Win your division and host playoff games and then you keep winning them? Lance currently is not a very good player. Stink might be strong. That's like, who's the shittiest quarterback you could think of? But relative to the group of 100-plus guys in the NFL, yeah, who's, I don't even think, in the league. Matt Barkley. Like Matt Barkley stinks. Sam, or Trey Lance is just not good. He's closer to the bottom than he is, I would say, the middle right now. Hence, six million, two years, 23 years old, no one will trade for him. The league tells you that. And the, the Niners know it. And good guy. 23 years old, third overall pick, and good dude. Yeah, and smart. So it's like, you know. Very weird situation from that. Like, when we describe the big picture, it's like, okay, this makes sense. The train's been headed this way for a little while now. But when you say it the other way, 23 years old, not that expensive, but expensive for expensive for a number three quarterback. Young, drafted highly. So you got to think there's a got to be a few other front offices. They're like, yeah, we would have drafted this guy too, right? You think there's a few of those GMs out there. They're like, yeah, oh. I didn't think he was three, but I would have taken him at 17 or I would have taken him at 34, right? Feels like nothing, but we'll see. Well, think about this. If you were in a draft room, let's just say the average grade for, for Trey Lance that draft was mid-first-round pick. That was the average grade around the league. So most teams, the average, all of them had a first-round pick. If you were a scout and you're like, God, I, I had a fourth-round grade on him, at the time of the draft, people were looking at you like, what the fuck are you seeing? This guy went third overall. The entire league thought he was a first. And now this is where the scouting community, you know, you, you can't celebrate right. all your wins, but there's some guys going like, told you. Yep. Told you. Do you know who else I thought of today? Because some of his quotes that he gave Mike when he went to Vegas. And I, I think he I don't think he personally has anything against him, but what it represented, like kind of a fuck you to Jimmy, even though the injuries in 2020 created the situation. Kind of a win for Jimmy Garoppolo today. Yeah. Ran me out of town, drafted this guy. He definitely couldn't have beat me out two years ago. If you would have, if I would just would have practiced the whole time, he wouldn't have beat me out last year. You get rid of me, and he can't even win the second job. What does that tell you? And again, I don't think Jimmy's like bitter in the sense at Trey. It's probably more if like if you were sitting with Jimmy right now, the beer would be more directed to like the Niners brass 100%. and they're thinking about him. Yeah, thousand percent. Because it's it, that's what makes 
I would say sports a little unique is when people try to replace you and then you meet him you're like, oh, I kind of like the guy. <laughs> yeah. It's not his fault, <laughs> which, you know, Alex and Mahomes and it, it, it happens where you just spend time. You're like, all right, you know, in a different life, we could have been 10 year teammates and been buddies. Uh, somebody here said, uh, Ryan Leaf having a good day today. I disagree. I know Ryan. He he would not wish the the bust experience on um, another player. Let me get to some comments here, John, and some. Uh, uh, this oh, I, I would say one one more. Th- let me end on this. This does represent the NFL and the the current version of the NFL with the unlimited amount of money, the the cash everyone's getting paid, the urgency of the sport the amount of quarterbacks coming into the league on a yearly basis. I mean, Purdy last year, O'Connell this year, like just mid-late round picks becoming just serviceable players. It was outliers when it was Dak and Cousins. Now it feels like pretty normal. Like every year you're getting a couple mid-rounders who at minimum are like 10-year career, 10-year career. Yeah. And it's only going to – we just listed fucking 10 college quarterbacks that are all probably currently, before games start, all viewed as top 50 players going into this, this college season, right? Obviously, the top guys, but even the Hartmans, the JJs, the Florida State guy. I mean, you're talking lock. If you just so think, even if a couple of them have quote unquote down, you're still talking. What are you still talking about? Third, fourth round pick? You're talking a ton of quarterbacks about to come in the NFL from this class. A right. ton. Yeah. I mean, eight, nine guys drafted in the top four rounds. So it's rapid speed. And you just get a very, very short period of time to kind of prove your, as a starter. You can bounce around then as a backup, and it's very, very difficult to dig yourself out of that hole usually because you're going to end up in a lot of places with a good quarterback and not play. But but the train, I think, in this sport has never moved faster. Where it just – at other positions, no problem. But at quarterback, you just it, – it's just – it's tough. Part of what happened was quarterbacks in the draft got cheaper, right? It became easier to move on from guys when they stopped getting the Sam Bradford, Matthew Stafford contracts. You know, like Bryce Young got $37.5 million or something like that this year, which is a lot of money. He was the number one pick. That's a lot of money by rookie standard. When you think of like the contracts that get handed out around the NFL, the $38 million four year contract is not, you know, among the contracts that teams have to get out from underneath generally, right? Agreed. All right, a few things here. Uh, Carl gave us uh, five bucks. Some people threw $20 in without even commenting, so cool. Carl says, um, I will say having Warner and Hargrave take the heat and at least even Kyle not showing at the presser was kind of a cop-out, just my opinion. What do you think? I, I talked about it earlier, but I don't think you got a chance. Does it matter? I don't think it matters if they're legitimately like trying to trade them right now, which I think it's fair to not even just assume, but it's pretty clear that they're – they have had a ton of conversations since practice ended right in their offices with other teams. Also, you agree with that? yes. Yeah. So it, also, does, it I would doesn't add, behoove them to get into a position where they're talking. Just stay quiet. You just have, he has to talk right Friday. He can't avoid that after the game. Once right. the game ends, no matter what happens, if he hasn't talked since and Trey's still on the team, that's the first question of the, unless there's like some catastrophic injury. So, I, I think that they are working on a trade, and it's just we don't need to say anything right now. We're not financially obligated by the league. Let's just try to get this done and then deal with the fallout after. 
So listen to this. Here's a new piece of information. The interview with Kyle, which we played a portion of, is airing right now or just aired on KNBR. This is, uh, I got a quote from a person listening who I asked to keep an ear on it, one of our producers, uh, slash uh, moles. And here's what he said, paraphrasing, that Kyle said. He said, with the way Trey reacted, we just thought it was better with such a light practice. Take the day off, and we'll get him back in tomorrow. Kyle plans on playing him Friday. Shanahan plans on playing him Friday. I think he might try to just keep him, John. <laughs> well, or, remember. or he says, like, hey, man, come ball out, and maybe someone will trade for you. Words don't mean that much right now, as we've just learned over the couple weeks. Playing right? him Friday, how many guys play three days after they skip a practice? Two days after. That'd be weird. Brock, then Sam, then Trey on Friday. I mean, Shanahan, it was a very tough fight. But in the long run, Sam ended up winning it. Once I knew that was the case, wanted to make sure I told Trey as fast as I could. Kind of makes it, no, it makes it more bizarre. Now, again, is it posturing to try to get teams to trade for him? Are they saying, hey, we're not cutting him, guys. So if you want him, you got to come get him. But if that was the case, wouldn't they start him? Brock, Sam, and Trey are all playing on Friday against the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time seeing Trey Lance playing the game on Friday. But th that would show you clearly Kyle is just Ma the internet and the talk means nothing to him. <laughs> well, I mean, what does that tell you about, you know, Trey's reaction had to be pretty significant for Kyle to tell him, take the practice off, knowing that it was a public practice and everyone would know that he missed the practice. It wasn't like a Kevin also, Brown Orioles situation where people are like, oh, the Kevin Brown's <laughs> been off the broadcast for two weeks. They wouldn't notice. I also don't think Trey – this means that he can't be with us or someone else ever in the future. I mean, this is just where camp went. I I think it's hard. He's trying to be positive because he likes the guy, but I, I think the writing's on the wall for everybody. And I, I, But I think this is what the 49ers might say back to them. You just want us to give you away for peanuts and we eat the costs, right? right? So fuck you. That's, this, this is a business. This isn't peewee football, right? This isn't some fake fantasy football trade. This is, we've paid you a lot of money, like be a pro. And that's what ultimately, like, where this sucks, that's what the money's for, right? Yeah. You didn't win the job. We're still, we're still paying you, we've given you what, $30 million, $28 million so far in your career? But, and this year, also explains, I, you got I, hurt I on company time, but you were paid by the company too. <laughs> right. This isn't a charity. I was sitting in that press room hoping that those guys or John Lynch would talk. It, the more time that goes by, I didn't have a big, I understood it when we left. Then you hear that quote. It's not just that they, they're trying to trade him potentially, John. They're managing a relationship with one of their own players who clearly, whatever, I don't know to what degree was it, emotional or whatever. They're managing a relationship with Trey. That's more important to them. And I get it. We'd love to get here some answers, but that's more important to them. Also, as it turned out in a positive way, managing a relationship with their flagship, who got to get the only interview with Kyle Shanahan today, which was pretty valuable to them, I'm sure. I would imagine Giants yeah. post game did a number tonight <laughs> on radio. Be like, where's Kyle? Uh, Andrew threw us a twenty spot. John, thank you. Says uh, appreciate your candor. Calling it as it is with Lance, 
that he was a bust from early on was obvious. The amount of delusional Lance stance has been insufferable. In my opinion, he has traded imminently to free up cap space. Michael, five bucks. Uh, the competition was over when Sam threw that 40-yard pass down the sideline to Ronnie Bell. That was, that was a pretty big moment for old Darnold, wasn't it? Well, considering anyone that watches the Niners knows that play just doesn't usually happen. Not like that. This, uh, this pick is a disaster, but I will reiterate this. Because I was watching Hard Knocks last night, Solomon Thomas, whose arms feel like they've gotten bigger. He looks like Khalil Mack right now. I, not as a player, but his arms. You are not, and it's impossible to know. Like if, if Trey Lance is out of the league in 18 months, then clearly he's a bust. Like that's, He's just a bad football player. If Trey Lance goes on to play for 13 years, he was just highly overdrafted. And that's, yeah, If he goes on to play for I, nine years, eight years, John, seven years. Yeah. The 49ers, they were a disastrous pick. He should have been like a fourth, third round pick. But like to me, it now it's very going to be interesting how this goes because clearly he's going to be on another team. I mean, I'll be stunned if it's not by week one. But just if I had to CYA within the next 12 months, within the next football season, that's going to be a big moment because we saw Josh Rosen. We've seen other guys recently make that transition fast, and it just it derails you. It derails most guys. Right, the the guys that battle back through it is pretty rare. It, it especially when you don't play that much. Maybe this situation is just simply unprecedented, which it kind of is. What's that that song? It's like the rest is still unwritten. Ba-ba-da. It's a woman singing it. I didn't really do it well there, but like if you were Trey, like this is where your book begins. I think is the line. The rest is still unwritten. Oh, oh Nelly Tasha Bedingfield. Huh? It's from something. Is it from a, a TV show? Do they play? I think TV? it's ne- Nelly Furtado. No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> and I don't think that's how you say her name. <laughs> Nelly Furtado. Fur- I think it's Hato. Uh, Man Eater. No, Natasha. Be- I, right? I just found Natasha Bedingfield. That's the song. Oh. How did I say her name? Nelly Furtado? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Uh, but that song was in something. Like a TV show, or anyway, um, a couple more here, John. Uh, who else? Oh, five bucks. Uh, do you think Niners would have won the Super Bowl if they drafted Mac Jones? I don't. Do you? No, no. Thank God. I actually like the way this played out more with that. Yeah, because it led to Purdy, and maybe Purdy doesn't exist if Mac Jones is around. Uh, more of a 10-win team than a team that has a chance to just rattle off victories. LP on the stream says, petition for John and Guy to talk more about pop culture, LMFAO. I did watch, because, you know, the rider strike's really going to start kicking in here. You know, there's 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 a little delay because some stuff... Oh, I've noticed. The They've been advertising, like, oh, <laughs> the show about... And it's like, wait, that show came out like two years ago. Why is that the first yeah. thing Netflix suggests to me? Not a great watch, but... Definitely the first two episodes are more than consumable. Johnny Depp, the Amber Heard. That, that is just... Uh, wait, wait. What, what is it? It's a documentary? It's just like a di- yeah, on the trial. It's basically just about the trial. The song was on the hills. Now I know what Guy's Guilty Pleasure was. That's what it was from. Yeah. So it's like a three-part series. What's it on? Netflix or Hulu or something? Yeah, Netflix. I mean, clearly, I, I think she the right outcome played his part, but there are some scenes of Johnny when he was drinking to go, I don't know if he hit her, but Johnny was a fucking wild card to tell you that much. Johnny, Johnny's got some issues. 
the, the uh, problem was is a little like Kyle and Trey. Johnny was so much more important, so much more famous, so much like I, I because when the trial was going on, it's like, he's married to this actress. I'm like, Amber, who the hell is Amber Heard? And she, at one point in time, was in a movie with him. That's where they fell in love. They had mm. a sex scene. They, mm. And she was way younger than her. But her career clearly never just had its, whew, it just kind of stagnated, if anything, went down. And obviously, Johnny, you know, I would say Pirates, he was a big star, like, when you and I were, like, in junior high and high school. But I would say Pirates of the Caribbean shot him like a rocket ship to, like, Belichickian status in Hollywood, right? I mean, yeah. he's one of Hollywood's biggest actors. Last comment here from our person who's listening to the interview said, uh, Kyle uh, doesn't sound like Trey. This is just our person listening to it, relaying to me. Doesn't sound like he angrily requested a trade and that hasn't been reported. Maybe he's just trying to not have it framed that way to give and to give it any possible shot of happening. So, you know, Kyle down, down, if, if Trey or his agent demanded a trade, Kyle, I, I, the impression that he apparently gave is that's not what happened. So, what would you say the over under Tolbert questions about the defensive backfield depth chart? That'd be irresponsible on his part to ask any of those questions. So I'd go under half, and rightfully I so. I mean, my, oh, I was I was being facetious. Just that, like, is there any other question that you even talked to him about? No, there's a hundred questions that? about this. <laughs> when Javon Hargrave came to the podium today, they're like, uh, Javon, uh, what you know, what are people saying in the locker room? And Javon's like. You know, I didn't practice today, so hard to say. <laughs> it's perfect. You guys uh, want a Sirianni breakdown? I got some takes, but uh, Trey, I barely met the guy, you know? <laughs> Can I give you one? Uh, no, I mean, I'll save it for, I don't know. I had one take I was going to give you today before this was news. Really is crazy. The power of, you know, quarterbacks. I would say this individual story is it's been one of the most consistent stories in the NFL for a, for a long time now. It feels like it's final, but it actually not. It isn't really until he's traded. If he is traded, especially to a shitty team, if anybody would because, hold on, it'd be Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, because well, here's one thing the other is if he thing. does go to Atlanta or Tampa, like most people aren't watching those games. Somebody said this in the chat. And he's not John. even playing right away. Somebody said this in the chat, and I apologize. There's a lot. So appreciate the comments. And if you're watching live or not live, hit some likes. But um, I've lost track of some of this stuff. But somebody said, if the Dolphins or Texans don't trade for him, coaches who should know him really well, is that an indictment of Mike McDaniel and D'Amico Ryan? Should one of those guys be interested? And if they're not, should we take that to mean something? Now, it's complicated because of the money. But I would say, yeah, I don't think that's nothing. They both have starting quarterbacks. And if you CJ Stroud it, that can make it a little awkward for CJ. Actually, now I think about a it. A little. I mean, God, he's drafted him two overall. Like, Unless you're like, he's the backup trade quarterback. For him. He's the backup quarterback. Uh, McDaniel has the guy that he drafted ahead of Purdy that he kind of likes, right? Who's been, who's been good. I, yeah, I, I was watching, uh, and they signed Mike White as well as Tonga oh, they, they paid and, Mike White. That's right. Yep, you're right. Not I, I think it's more their situations are not. It would be an indictment if they did not have C.J. Stroud and it was still the Stanford kid and some other rando, right? But I think... You draft a guy number two overall. You cannot bring in Trey Lance. And, I mean, Tua, say what you want about his concussion and all the situation. I don't know if he's going to be able to stay, you know, upright. They didn't pick him number five a couple years ago. <laughs> it's, not like, yeah. it's not like he's a little engine. I mean, in, I actually think he's kind of the little engine that could. But they did invest a lot into him. All right, two more comments. LP says, low-key Trey might stay on the roster just to keep the converse conversation going. Big media play. And then... uh 
that's not the one I meant to. Paul says, uh, I'll be avoiding Niner content for a week. It's going to be a bloodbath. I disagree. What a time to be alive. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say if he does play in Friday night's game, that it'll be one of the biggest stories on the internet Friday night. Like, Trey Lance is actually playing in this game. What if he plays well? Trey for Zach Wilson swap. You've been watching Hard Knocks. I haven't. Sounds like uh, Zach Wilson's back. Uh, well, he never graces. left. But, I mean, he's yeah, in the good graces. Feel, it feels like it. So it's just a lot of Rodgers and Sala. You know Sala? Do you know how many kids Robert Sala has? Eight? Seven. Seven. Seven children? And not a wrinkle. But he hasn't been making huge money. He's been the Jets coach now a couple years, D.C. There had to be some years with like three or four kids when he was a quality control coach making a hundred grand living in Seattle where it's like, what are we doing? Bringing here? food home from the facility and seven styrofoam <laughs> stacks. I was like, look players up. leaving with like four stacks of styrofoam to go containers. Who was it? Was it Washington that charges players for that? Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now that now he looked over the other day because in Hard Knocks they were talking to him about like Damian Woody was at practice. He he has like eight kids too, and they're bullshitting. And he's like, "Oh, is any of your kids here?" He's like, "Oh yeah, there's a." Robert looks around. He's like, "Oh, there's 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 little Carl playing catch." And it's him and Rogers playing catch. He's like, Saul looks back at him. He's like. Got a pretty good in life right now. He's just playing against with Rodgers. <laughs> and then Rodgers comes over in warm-ups and said that they, they created a handshake. And Sala's kid, you know, when they do like the Bash Brother thing, accidentally punched him in the face, you know, when he tried to do it. But it was just Sala's kid, you know, decked out in green, probably anywhere gloves. between 8 to 11, just gloves, just catching it, going like this, throwing it back, just him and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's, 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 uh, that was Kyle Shanahan, John. 30 years ago, 35 years ago. You watch Sala in front of the team, and you just go, it's easy guy to – I mean, we've anyone's been that's watched the guy coach in San Francisco, obviously rooting for the guy. He really is – feels like pretty impressive young coach. He should succeed. Honestly, he feels like if this even got a little weird, I bet he gets another shot relatively soon. He's just likable. I don't know, something about him. Good take. He's good. Strong it, take. But right not there. like doesn't feel like a forced, you know, like Rex Ryan. There's not like he swears a lot, but it's not in a Bill O'Brien misery way. Yeah. It's more in like a motivational, upbeat way. Swears a lot, though. I mean, he I I think most people would not have pegged him for the amount of consistent F bombs coming out in just his conversations. He's a swear. I mean a lot of F bombs. A lot. Which I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed. How about horseshit? Is he a horseshit guy? A lot of coaches say horseshit instead of bullshit. A lot of F-bombs. A lot of F-bombs. Hackett's the opposite. A little too goofy for my taste. A little like, hey, I'm Nathaniel Hackett. Nice to meet you. When Dalvin Cook or Brees Hall finally practices. Like, are you, are you really this goofball? <laughs> this is who Rodgers loves? This guy? It's funny. All right. Uh, is that it for today? Yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Later. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.